This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. I'll just take them. Please, the temptation of Jesus by the devil, was it physical confrontation or Satan was speaking through his mind or was it spiritual? Whichever one it was. Whichever one it was. What's important is that he was tempted. It could have been that those thoughts came against his mind. That's possible. It could have been that the devil showed up. Whatever it was, the idea is he was tempted. That's what counts. And how did he overcome the temptations? It is written. Amen. So, uh, if the devil tempts you, and usually he doesn't appear to you to tempt you. He just fires a fiery dart. A thought comes at your mind. You know, a thought comes at your mind. And sometimes a voice. Remember one day, I was in UI. I remember exactly where I was. We had a laundry. I was in Melambi Hall. We had a laundry place there. We had the, the buttery. I was the exact spot. A voice came and spoke over my shoulder. It was the devil, you know, came against my mind. I know what the voice said. The voice, <laughs> you know, I just replied him back. God's word says this. And I put him on the run. So sometimes the devil can speak to you like that. He can speak to you like that. Praise God. So however he comes, whichever way it comes, we've got the arsenal to whip him. We have the word of God. Amen. We've got the name of Jesus. What happens if you have believed without doubt and stand your ground in faith over a period of years and you still lose out in that which you have believed? Now I tell you, this is impossible. The Bible says that God has not called the sons of Jacob to seek him in vain. The Bible says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That, you, you know, is either we lied or he lied. It's just like some people that say, I resisted the devil and he didn't go. If you really did, then somebody has to repent. Either you have to repent for lying or God has to repent for lying. So it's not possible to stand your ground on God's word and lose out. Now, the thing, however, I want us to realize is this. Sometimes, supposing you are not walking in love. The Bible says faith walks by love. You're walking in unforgiveness. It will hinder your faith. Then again, there are some areas that are gray. Some areas are gray. There are some things you really don't have God's word for in black and white. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. I met a couple one time. I was talking with them. This strikes, brings it home real hard. You know. We're talking about birth control. And then um, they said that what they use is that they use their faith. I said, how? They said they believe God. I said, really? I laughed. <laughs> Look, you would need the gift of special faith. Because the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. I have God's word. God's word says that. You are doing what produces babies. You are not doing anything to make sure. Ten months down the line, they found out how well their faith was working. It was bomboy. 
<laughs> and a fellow like that will say, but I believed God. What scripture were you standing on? Is there a scripture that promises you that, you know, there's supernatural birth control? Any scripture like that? Give you another gray area. I'm believing God for a male child. I'm believing God for a female child. Well, in case you find it, I'll be glad if you'll show me. But I haven't seen a scripture yet for a male child or a female child. I've seen scriptures for children. Yes. The Bible says there's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither born nor free. We're all one in Christ. Now, God can speak to your heart. Like Brother Higgin was praying in tongues. And then he interpreted his prayer in tongues. And he saw that his first child would be a boy. The second one would be a girl. He would marry to Aretha. He saw that. And because he heard God's word for it, he could believe it. When, they, when um, Pastor Higgin was born, they picked out only a boy's name before he was born. His mother-in-law said, what if it's a girl? He said, no, it's a boy. 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 I know it's a boy. You know, was he just saying that because you can have what you say? No. He had a word from God. He believed that word. And he was speaking based on that. Maybe you're from a culture where if you don't have a male child for your husband, there's a problem. You know what to do in a case like that? Plead your case. Just go to God and plead your case. And say, God, you see, this is why I really need it to be like this. But you see, some of those areas are gray. Do you understand? Sometimes they will say, I stood my ground. I stood my ground. They still didn't walk. You know, sometimes some things we call faith are in faith. For instance... Some people have faith in breaking glasses, not necessarily in acting on God's word. They will read how someone broke their glasses and their sight was restored. Now, I used to use glasses. Yeah, I used to use glasses, but I don't need them. Again, do you understand? But it wasn't how that came about. It wasn't that I broke my glasses. Do you understand? Somebody will hear how someone broke their glasses and their sight was restored. They will break their own glasses and then they will have an accident on their way home. Don't act on somebody else's action. Act on the word of God. Hebrews eleven twenty nine. The children of Israel by faith, they passed through the red sails of a dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. Moses got there. He had a word from God. Don't cry to me. Divide the thing. Go forward. They acted on that word. Israel acted on the word God gave them. The Egyptians came to recapture them, and they saw some people acting. And they acted on their action, and then they died. Don't act on someone else's action. Act based on the revelation of God's word you get in your own heart. Don't just do something because somebody did it. You know, there was a lady, you know, thieves came to their house. She said, blood of Jesus. The thieves said, oh, you want to see blood? Shut her. She died. Somebody said, but she used the blood. It didn't work. No, she panicked. It's not about just saying something because somebody else said it. Do you have a revelation of it in your heart? Are you acting from your spirit? Or are you acting out of your head? Don't act out of your head. Don't act in presumption. Act on the word of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You know, people sometimes say, I believe that God is going to heal me. No man, he had cancer of the blood, leukemia. He was saying, I believe God will heal me. I believe God will heal me. Look, believing God will heal you is not believing. Because God won't heal you. He already healed you. What you are to believe is not that he will heal you. What you are to believe is that you are healed. Now, someone will hear him, how he was saying, I believe God will heal me. I'm holding on to God. He will heal me. And then they will see the man die because he died. 
And then they'll say, look, that faith thing, I don't understand, it doesn't work. Well, it works when we work it correctly. So sometimes there are reasons why uh, people's faith isn't working. If you stand your ground on God's word, God's word will produce. Look, when God swore to Abraham, the Bible says, seeing there was none greater to swear by, he swore by himself. Saying, surely, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. What God was saying to him is this. If I fail to keep that promise, I will self-destruct. I will destroy myself. I will vacate my throne. Yes, his very throne stands back of his word. It doesn't mess with his word. It doesn't play with his word. Psalm 138 verse 2, he has magnified his word above his name. His word is everything to him. Doesn't play with it. When you go to God and say, God, you said, oh, what did I say? If I said it, then I'm going to do it. I, uh, Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. As he said, and shall he not do it? As he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Said in First Samuel that the strength of Israel cannot lie. Titus 1, 2. The God that cannot lie. He cannot lie. His word is good. Amen. There's another one here. Feet washing. John 13, 5 to 10. Please, sir, give me more light on the above verse of scripture. Well, what was Jesus talking about in feet washing? When he washed disciples' feet. In Palestine, they had, there was dust. So, just like in England, you go to someone's house, you're wearing your coat, and you come with an umbrella, you get to the door, you take your umbrella, remove your, your, your coat for you, until you go to sit down. They washed people's feet because of the dust that was on their feet. It was a good walk. It was a good walk. You read in when Paul was talking about a widow who is a widow indeed, who has washed the saints' feet. You know who are, who is known for good works. It's a good walk. That's all it is. The equivalent of feet washing is for you to come to my house and for me to give you food, something like that. If I now make a doctrine out of giving people food, that when I give you food, you know, it will heal you. You know, it doesn't exactly add up. And I make a doctrine out of giving people, no, it's a good work. Don't let's make a good work a good doctrine. It's not a good doctrine. It's a good work. Let's keep it as what it is. And it's specific to that culture. It's just like, it's just like um, covering the head. You know, sometimes some people force over head covering. You know, they say, except you tie your scarf. By the way, if you tie your scarf, you're not fulfilling that scripture. You're not covering your head. That scripture didn't say to cover your hair. It said to cover your head. Tying scarf, you're not covering your head. That's your hair. That scripture is not talking about covering your hair. It's your head. In Eastern culture, when a lady was married, she wore a veil to show she was married. That's what he's talking about. If you want to go through that scripture, then really obey that scripture and be covering your head. And then, yes, I'll let you be. But you see, it was a cultural thing. The equivalent of it today is when people are married, they wear a ring. That's it. So some, there are certain things that have to do with the culture. And you have to put some of those things. That's why the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Let's rightly divide God's word. We can wrongly divide it. That's why we're told to rightly divide it. Praise the Lord. So going back to what we were saying. Jesus walked in authority. He walked in dominion over the devil. In his earth walk. And then he went to the cross. He paid the price for our sins. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12. 
Let's open to it. Sometimes we do people an injustice just quoting these things. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12. It says, Neither by the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Look, he obtained redemption for us. What does it mean to redeem? Ephesians 1 7 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood. Look, we have an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. To redeem, according to Webster's dictionary, means to buy back. It means to free from captivity by the payment of a ransom. Look, we have been bought back. We have been freed from captivity. The ransom has been paid. The price has been paid. The blood has been shed. Our redemption is not a mere dogma. Our redemption is not a mere doctrine. It's a reality. It's a reality. It's a reality. Colossians 1, 12 to 14. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You see, we have been delivered from the authority of darkness. We have been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. We're in a different kingdom now. The rulers of the darkness of this world, they cannot operate in the light. We are in the light now. We're in the light now. You are sometimes darkness, but now you light in the Lord. Ephesians 5, 8. Walk as children of light. We are light. Darkness cannot overpower light. In him was life. John 1, 4. And the life was the light of man. Verse 5. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness cannot comprehend it. Another translation says the darkness cannot overpower it. Another says the darkness cannot overwhelm it. Another says the darkness cannot overcome it. We are lights. We are lights. When you showed up, light showed up. There has to be development in your family. There has to be increase in your office. There has to be increase in your life. Because you are lights. You are lights. You are light. You are not darkness. You are light. When you showed up, light showed up. Victory showed up. Healing showed up. Health showed up. Prosperity showed up. Because you are light. As he is, so are we in this world. Remember, he's the light of the world and so are we. We are light. So we walk as children of light. We are light ourselves. Amen. You see, retrogression is not your portion. Backwardness is not your portion. Because you are not in the kingdom of darkness anymore. You are in another kingdom now. You are in the kingdom of the son of his love. Amen. In Luke 4, 18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Notice he said something else. He said to preach deliverance to the captives. To preach deliverance to the captives. The primary way to get people free from bondages of the devil is to preach deliverance. Just tell them they are delivered. Tell them the devil's hold over their lives is broken. Preach deliverance. Preach deliverance. Preach deliverance. You know, there are people who are trying to fight a battle that doesn't exist. They are trying to fight an enemy that has been defeated. And then they talk about all what they are doing. They are doing mapping. Spiritual mapping. 
They are trying to pull down the stronghold over the city. Pull down the stronghold over the nation. They are looking for the stronghold. They are just, it's just effort in futility. Here some people talk about warring tongues. Warring tongues. And then they will speak in tongues and make it sound like machine gun. So what are you doing? Say, I'm warring with the devil in tongues. You are not doing any such thing. The devil doesn't hear you when you talk in tongues. First Corinthians 14, 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. You are speaking to God. You are speaking to God. If you've got any message for the devil, say it in your understanding. In the language he understands. Use the name of Jesus against the devil. Pray in tongues and fellowship with God. Don't speak in tongues to the devil. Sometimes, while speaking in tongues, you may be addressing things. Do you understand? Where the devil is concerned, no problem. But to now build a doctrine out of attacking the devil with tongues is arrant nonsense. No such thing. Amen. We exercise authority over the devil. We use the name of Jesus. We speak to him in Jesus' name. Somebody said, but don't you know that there are some kind of demons that don't come out except by prayer and fasting? Have you heard that before? Yes. Matthew 17, 21. Number one, that was before redemption. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross then. Besides, the Jesus that said that, did he go to pray and fast? When he met that situation. <laughs> Look, in the old covenant, until redemption, until after Jesus died, was buried and raised from the dead and defeated Satan and obtained our redemption, authority over the devil was something nobody had the only person that walked in it was jesus himself because he had the life of god in his spirit he was untainted by spiritual death he was the only one that wielded authority over the devil satan had assumed the authority that man had that's why when michael was contending with satan over the body of moses look yes they were archangels but Lucifer has assumed the authority of man, which is higher than all creation. So, Michael had to say, the Lord rebuke thee. Do you see that? Nobody could will. That's why the prince of Persia, you know, could withstand the angel that was coming with the answer. And then, uh, Michael had to come distract him so that the thing could get through eventually. Don't think that can happen when I pray. Wherefore, God also have highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name and that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven of things in earth of things under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father sometimes people say I prayed and my prayer didn't seem to go beyond the roof it didn't need to God lives in me God lives in me God lives in me God lives in you. Once you're born again, the greater one is in you. The greater one is in you. See, there are many things we believe many times that are not scriptural. They don't have their basis in the Bible, in rightly divided doctrine. Some of those things will be preached in high places, but that doesn't make them right. What does the New Testament say? What does the Word of God say? Don't take something because I said it. Don't take something because Brother Higgins said it. Go and examine the Bible for yourself. Don't take something because somebody said it. 
Some preacher said it. Check the word of God for yourself. Don't let anybody call a dog monkey for you. Go into the word of God. Go into the word of God. Go into the word of God. Study. Acts 17, 11. Those in Berea, they were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received these things without readiness of mind and went back to search to see if they were so. Search the word for yourself. Have a foundation of God's word. Amen. Now, um, you know the story. Brother Hagen got healed August the 8th of 1934, Tuesday, about, I'll say, 9.30 in the morning, acting on Mark 11, 23 and 24. Now, when he got off that deathbed, the light he had was limited. He actually did not even know where sickness came from. You know, he didn't know there was healing and redemption. He didn't know. It wasn't until much after he got healed, he found out that Jesus did not only die for our sins, but that he also died for our sicknesses. He didn't know that. All the revelation he had was what things soever ye desire. When ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Healing was the burning desire of his heart. And then in James 5, 15, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And then Mark 5, 34, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. If her faith made her whole, your own faith too can make you whole. So he had limited light. But thank God for the light he did have. He walked in the light of it, he received his healing. Now, he had a fear. There was a fear that troubled him. Troubled him for 10 years. From 1934 to 1944. What was that fear? It was a fear that he was going to get back to that bed. It was a fear that he was going to be paralyzed again. Imagine being bound to a bed for 16 months. My God, you don't want that. That's bondage. That's prison. That fear haunted him. Dogged his tracks. He said, anytime he went to the pulpit to preach, it was as if the fear waited for him. As soon as he finished preaching, it was back there. When he went to bed to sleep, the, the fear stayed by his bedside. As soon as he woke up, the fear was there again. Just followed him everywhere. Went the fear that he was going to go back to that bed. He was going to be bound once again. He said he tried everything he could try. He fought. He tried to cast. He tried to bind. He tried to do everything he knew to do. But he couldn't really get rid of that fear until something happened. 1944, there was a book by Lillian Humans, Healing from Heaven. There was a chapter in that book where she was talking about how um, there was this city. They had an epidemic and as they had the epidemic, they decided to go to the source, to find the source. Because of what the epidemic was, they knew it must have come from their water. So they went to the water, and they discovered that some pigs had died and had fallen into the water that was supplying the city. And that was how this waterborne disease spread. So they said, the way to cure this thing is to eradicate it from the source. She now said in the same way, what is the source of sickness? If we want to get rid of sickness, we have to know the source. And then she now showed in that book, you know, how there wasn't any sickness until after the fall of man. How sickness is the foul offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother, sin. Now, this was in the nighttime, Brother Higgin was reading this book. And there's a scripture I want, I'm bringing to us, John 8, 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall be. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So as he was studying, he now saw Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, 
who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Luke 13, 16, and not, not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan, 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 hath bound low these 18 years, be loose from this bone on the Sabbath day. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The person that steals, that kills, that destroys, the thief, is not God, it's the devil. Look, he didn't know that before. He wasn't sure where sickness came from. He wasn't sure who sent it. How did I get it? Why was I born that way? Who put it on me? He wasn't sure where it came from. But when he saw, as he was studying that book and studying his Bible with it, that sickness actually is from the devil. He said he was so thrilled. Now, Brother Higgins was pretty conservative. He was so thrilled. <laughs> he jumped off the bed where he was studying and he started running around the room. Running around the room. So sickness comes from the devil. 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 If it comes from the devil, I'm not going to have anything to do with it again in my life. Because the devil is under my feet. Oh, sickness comes from the devil. It actually is from the devil. It's not from God. Now I found out. He was so thrilled. He ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. He was so joyous. Then he went to sleep. Two hours after, he jumped out of bed, put on the light. He started running again around the room. Whoa, I found out the truth. My God, this thing is from the devil. I now know where it comes from. Oh, I got your number now. It's from the devil. It's from the devil. It's from the devil. Now I know where it comes from. I know it's the devil. Wow. Since it's from the devil and the devil is defeated and the devil is under my feet, I'm not going to have anything to do with it again. He was so thrilled. He ran and ran and ran. Then he went to sleep again. Few hours after, he couldn't help himself. He jumped out of bed. Dead of the night. Oh, glory to God. It's from the devil. I found out now. I found out now. It's not God that sent it. It's not God that put it on my body. It's the devil. And the devil is defeated. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Oh, I'm done with it. I'm not going back to that bed anymore. It can't come back on me. He found out. He did about four or five running spells that night. Said he woke up the next morning without binding anything, without casting anything, without even rebuking anything. Said the fear was gone. The fear was gone. What caused it to go? And ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. When you know the truth of God's word, amen, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And you see, the word of God is anointed. For holy men of old, they spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Whatever bondage it is, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, he got filled with the Holy Ghost in 1937, April the 8th. Came over among Pentecostals, got the left foot of fellowship from the Baptists. Came over among the Pentecostals. And then he began a pastor. 1939, there was this church he was pastoring. Um, and um, as he began to hang around Pentecostal folks, some of the unbelief began to rub off on him too. He learned so much about the Holy Ghost from the Pentecostals. But um, there were some other things too that weren't quite right. Amen. There, and, you know. He, it was kind of like the in thing that people should do deliverance meetings 
Are you listening to me? So he decided he was going to do deliverance meetings every Saturday night in his church. Deliverance meetings. Said he did deliverance meetings for three months every Saturday night. After three months of doing deliverance meetings, said the novelty of those deliverance meetings began to wane. So he decided he was going to give it another name. Then he called it Getting Free Meetings. He did another three months of getting free meetings. And after another three months, the novelty began to wane, so he gave it another name. He called it Loosening Meetings. <laughs> and after another three months of loosening meetings, then he called himself to order. He said, what's happening here? I've done getting free, deliverance, loosening meeting. Now it's nine months I've been doing these meetings. If these people are any more free now than they were when we started, I can't tell. I'm their pastor. I live with them. They are just as bound as they have been. They are just as in bondage as they have been. I've done deliverance. I've done getting free. I've done loosening. Nothing has de delivered. Nothing has been loosened. Nothing has gotten free. Something is not right here, Lord. What's going on? Then he said to pray and fast and seek the Lord about it. Second day of his fast, the Lord gave him John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. And then the Lord said to him, and you know the funny thing? He said, there's name any manifestation you can think of. He said he had them. Manifestation. He said he had them. Any kind of manifestation you want to think of. Somebody standing on their head. Somebody walking on their side. Somebody shaking like a leaf. Somebody writhing like a snake. Somebody, anything. Falling down, standing up, sitting down. Anything. Any manifestation you can think of. And some you shouldn't think of. He said he had them. Yet, with all the manifestations, nothing changed in their lives. They were still as bound as ever. So, Lord, what's happening here? Second day of his fast, the Lord said to him, said, look, prayer is good. It's scriptural. Anointing the sick with all, praying the prayer of faith for them is scriptural. But you are trying to do for my people through prayer, the laying on of hands, anointing with oil, what my word and my word alone will do for them. John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. The Lord told him, teach them the word. That's what will set them free. Then began to teach his people God's word. Their minds began to get renewed. Their spirits began to get educated. And their bodies started getting healed. Their circumstances started changing. Their minds, people bound by addictions, people bound by strongholds, they started getting free just by teaching them God's word. You see, ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. You know the way he was thrilled when he found out the truth of God's word. He was thrilled. You see, it's when you get thrilled with the word of God, that's when it works for you. The psalmist said, I rejoice that thy word as one that found great spoil. That's when it works for you. Psalm 126 from verse 1. The Bible says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. We were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. I want to ask you a question. Has he turned our captivity? Yes. Colossians 1.13, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? And the Bible says that when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, it says we were like them that dream. It says then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. 
and our tongue with singing. You notice the Bible always links freedom, links deliverance, links liberty with rejoicing. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Is there an area where you are believing God? Is there something you are trusting God for? An area you are believing God for victory? An area you are believing God for triumph? Is there any such area? Let me ask you a question. What would you do if you had the victory? Peter 1 8. Whom having not seen, ye love, in whom the now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice, ye rejoice. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. We've got the authority. The Bible says, He that seateth in the heavens shall laugh. We're more than conquerors. 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 We
Van Conquest, Van Conquest, Van Conquest, go with the call, go with the call, go with the call, go with the call, amen, amen, question here, someone asked about eating pork, you see the New Testament says in 1st Timothy 4, 4 and 5, every creature of God is good, nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. In the old covenant, don't eat this, don't eat that, don't eat the other one. In the New Testament, just bless it and whack it. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163